2021, man. It's been a wild year. And there's still time left. There's still about four months left in 2021. Who knows what is going to happen next in professional wrestling. Happy Labor Day, everyone. Hope you've enjoyed your Labor Day holiday. This is Skylar Sig Daddy Sigman, and this is Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. And today, it will be the AEW All Out Review. Haven't done one of these in quite a while, so I gotta shake the bugs off, get the rust off a little bit, dust the dust the old review cap off, and uh, put it back on for this uh, this AEW All Out pay per view. And boy, 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 we did have some headlines for this show, and they didn't just make normal headlines; they made national headlines. You see it on ESPN and Sports Center. I'll get more into those in a little bit, but man, being a wrestling fan is so much fun now. Just so much fun. And personally, 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 AEW, if it weren't for AEW, my my love for professional wrestling probably would have went away. I'm just saying period, point blank. That has rejuvenated my love for professional wrestling. I've said it before and I'll say it again. He'll probably, he'll, this will probably be a dead horse I'll be beating for the rest of time. Well, for the rest of time of this podcast, 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 man, I can't talk today. Podcast's existence. But I don't want to waste too much time talking about this, but 100 episode, 100th episode coming your way here next week. Jeremy's taking a break this week. I'm giving him the week off for this week, getting us set for episode 100. I'll keep you updated on that uh, here in the coming days. We'll figure out what we're going to do for episode 100. It will sure, surely be something special, but let's get this going. This AEW pay-per-view, man, 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 oh man. This had a lot of hype coming into it, really based on one name and one name alone. And that was the return of CM Punk after being gone seven years. Over seven and a half years from professional wrestling. If you remember, his last match was in January 2014 at the Royal Rumble. We'll talk about his return a little later on in this episode. In this AEW all Out 2021 pay-per-view review took place at Hoffman Estate, in Hoffman Estates, Illinois at the Now Arena. Big card. Big card here on AEW All Out. Nine, ten matches. One of them was called off uh, Andrade, and Andrade El Idolo and Pac. They were supposed to be in this on this pay-per-view, but travel issues affected Pac. And so it'll take place on Rampage this coming Friday. It all started out on the buy-in with a 10-man tag. And it was Jurassic Express, the HFO, well, Jurassic Express Best Friends versus HFO. So Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, Orange Cassidy, Chuck Taylor, Wheeler Yuta, HFO, Matt Hardy, Isaiah Cassidy, Mark Quinn, and Helico, and Jack Evans. And basically the gist of this match was everyone got their stuff in. 
pretty much this was, in my opinion, this was the definition of everyone getting their stuff in. And by the end of it, uh, Jungle Boy catches a diving Cassidy when he was on uh, Luchasaurus's shoulders. He already ducked somebody doing a crossbody, but Jungle Boy catches him, does a fallaway slam, like almost a Spanish fly-like move, off of Luchasaurus's shoulders. It was freaking insane. And then Marco Stunt, he gets involved after the Blade gets involved, so he jumps onto Blade. Jungle Boy locks in the snare trap on Angelico. It's a tap out. Luchasaurus, Jurassic, well, Jurassic Express, and the best friends, Wheeler Yuta, Chuck Taylor, and Orange Cassidy get the win. But after the match, it was Butcher returning. And he lays out, the HFO lays out everybody. The Varsity Blondes, Dark Order, Dante Martin, and Jurassic Express return to make the save. On the best friends. And this looks like a continuation of this feud. But it's cool to see Butcher back. Butcher's been gone quite a bit. But my opinion of this match, it was a nice little spot fest to get everybody hyped for the pay-per-view coming up. Uh, I'm going to give it a B-minus grade. And it was, just, it was just a fun spot fest. A lot of stuff going on. There was a lot of moves. Lots and lots of moves. But high energy affair to get things started. With the pre-show, the kick, not the kickoff, but it, it was the buy-in, as AEW likes to call it. And in the main show, it kicked off with a slobber knocker, as JR likes to say it. Eddie Kingston and Miro for the TNT Championship. And the story around this match was Miro's neck. Eddie Kingston prefaced it in his pre-match promos where his weakness, Miro's weakness, is his neck. And there was a focus on this match along with Eddie Kingston's back during this. But uh, late in the match, Miro gets game over on Eddie Kingston. Eddie fights it. He won't quit. Gets to the rope. Eddie's getting good support here. The crowd was very into Eddie for this. Eddie Kingston's just golden, man. He can talk his, he can talk his ass off. But uh, Miro gets mad after Eddie Kingston gets the rope. He... Kingston then hits the spinning back fist DDT. Remsburg, moments before that, uh, not Remsburg, but moments before that, Miro, re uh, Miro or Kingston re uh, pulled off the turnbuckle pad. And so Remsburg was putting on the cover while uh, Kingston was hitting the big moves, the spinning back fist and the DDT. And it only got a two count. It got a long two count. Eddie Kingston's going for the pile driver. Knees Miro to the face. Tries to put him in the turnbuckle. Remsburg stops him from getting him hitting from Kingston putting Miro's head into the exposed turnbuckle. And then while the ref's distracted, mule kick to the nuts by Miro. Roundhouse and then a running Machka kick ends things. But really, before the distraction finish, Really good stuff from these guys. Hopefully they can do this match once again because Eddie Kingston kind of got screwed in this situation. And so this might give us a reason for an actual rematch. Hopefully just not like eight rematches like another company does. But but really good opener, honestly. 
Really good opener with a good story surrounding the neck of Miro. Because Eddie Kingston was attacking the neck the whole entire match. And a uh, good story with Kingston's back. Really good opener. Crowd was really into it. I'm going to give it a B. Up next was former IWGP World Champion Satoshi Kojima versus John Moxley. I almost found this kind of an odd placement in the card, but really, once I watched the rest of the show, it made a lot of sense because these guys, the way this card was laid out was one of the most well-laid-out cards I have ever seen from top to bottom. And it just... Everything did its job. It accomplished what it needed to accomplish. This was another hard-hitting affair from Moxley and Kojima. Kojima at one point does hit a lariat on... The ripcord lariat on Moxley, but I think Excalibur made the point that it was with his bad arm... With with not the uh, correct arm. And so Mox then ducks a German... Mox then tries to knock Kojima down with a clothesline. Didn't work. Need a face by the, by Moxley. Kojima then counters a paradigm shift again. Moxley has gone goes for the paradigm shift at least three or four times in this match before. Um, well, I was while I was pre- uh, mentioning earlier with the ripcord lariat followed by a Kojima cutter. Uh, then they trade shots. Rolling elbow by Kojima. Nasty rebound clothesline by Mox. His signature. Uh, rebound clothesline. The Bulldog choke. Kojima eventually gets the ropes. Kick to the chest of Kojima. Kojima catches the kick. Chops to the neck. Ducks Lariat. Paradigm shift. Quickly. Like he hits a snap one pretty quickly. And then goes for a second one. Gets that. Ends things. And really another good, good hard hitting match. And I, I liked how the, the story they were trying to tell with Mox trying to hit the paradigm shift. He couldn't get it. Mo- Kojima had an answer for it multiple times. But once he hit it quickly, he hit that second one and it was game over. I'm going to give this one a B. Post-match, man. Another crazy thing happening. We're going to see it this week on Dynamite. So what happens post-match? We Mox is celebrating. He's celebrating his win. Music hits. And all of a sudden... He sees the name Minoru Suzuki come up on the board and his eyes light up. Like his eyes get white. Like he was oh like, oh no. Because Minoru Suzuki has a reputation of being an absolute badass. And this dude's 50 plus years old. 50 plus years old and he's still killing it in New Japan. And uh they come, Suzuki comes down, stares down Mox. They trade shots, heavy shots. Rear naked choke from Minoru Suzuki. Gotch style pile driver to Mox. Holy bleep. Holy bleep. And we're getting this next week on AEW Dynamite. Minoru Suzuki versus John Moxley. For free on TV. Gosh. I'll continue to say this. Wrestling's great. Wrestling's great. But I, I just, this it's just, Mox is, looks like somebody's trying to take down different Japanese wrestlers. So he took down Kojima. Next, it's Minoru Suzuki. Is this setting up for Tanahashi eventually? Because that's who he was supposed to face at All Out. 
So hopefully this is kind of leads to a story of Mox finally getting to Hiroshi Tanahashi. That'd be, that'd be fantastic. I'd love to see it. Up next, we got our women's championship match, the AEW Women's World Championship with Britt Baker versus Chris Statlander. I was going to let you know the times on the first three matches. Uh, 9.25 for the pre-show match, 13 minutes, 22 seconds for uh, Miro and Eddie Kingston, and then 11.50 for Mox and Kojima. None of these lasted overly long on these first three. Uh, next one was Britt Baker defending against Chris Statlander, and these ladies had a really good match. Period, point blank. But at one point later in the match, Statlander goes up for area 451 and misses. Britt gets the lockjaw for a second. Crossface transitions, transitions into a crossface. Stat then powers out, slams Britt face first. Scissors kick by Statlander for a near fall. Then a pendulum moonsault on the outside misses. Step up curb stomp off the steps to Statlander. Statlander barely beats the count after Orange Cassidy just screams at her. To get up, he was ringside, as well as uh, Jamie Hayter and Rebel on Britt Baker's side. Britt then looks to lock in Lockjaw. Statlander gets her Spider Crab, which is a interestingly, that's a pretty interesting su submission to say the least. Uh, Britt kicks her way out of it, then kicks the face of Statlander in the corner. Turner, Paul, referee Paul Turner gets pushed away. Baker heads to the second rope, and he, she hits a Panama Sunrise, but... I think Excalibur called it a Pittsburgh Sunrise. May have, might have been Excalibur, may have been Tony Schiavone, one of the two. But she hits the stomp again, does Britt. Statlander kicks out again. Britt gets angry. Lockjaw is locked in. Statlander has no choice but to quit, which resulted in a really good match from these two. Really good match from Britt, Britt and Statlander. One of the better matches I've seen from the women in quite a while. Went 11 minutes and 34 seconds. Britt retains. And uh, and really, Statlander looks pretty strong here because she took all of Britt's offense. All of Britt's offense. It took She took multiple stomps from Britt, and eventually she had to succumb to the lockjaw. She took a Panama Sunrise, a Pittsburgh Sunrise, as they like to call it. Uh, but Britt looked good. Statlander looked really good. This was one of the better women's matches I've seen this year in AEW. Really good stuff from the ladies. I'm going to give it a B plus. Then we get a promo from Andrade talking about his upcoming match against Pac on Rampage this week. And uh, following that, man, I, I took in-depth notes. Honestly, I, I took in-depth notes on each match for a while. And then I got to this match, and I'm like, you know what? There is no way I'm going to be able to keep up with what's going on. And honestly, the show is much more enjoyable if I don't take a bunch of notes because I actually can really focus in on the show and see uh, and watch it, watch it. And boy, I did not regret my decision there because we had the Young Bucks and the Lucha Bros fighting for the AEW World Tag Team Championship inside of a steel cage. And the only way to win was to win by pinfall or submission. And if you know, if you are, if you're familiar with the Young Bucks and Lucha Bros having matches together, uh, if you're not familiar, go check out their stuff from All Out 2019. 
Check out their stuff from Double or Nothing 2019. These guys consistently put out bangers. It's it's like nothing. These guys can wrestle each other every day of the week and twice on Sundays. They are just that good. And they've put on a couple of classics before. This was no different. No different. I didn't know if the Bucks were going to lose the tag titles here. And they they did, which was surprising. And I popped pretty hard for it. I popped pretty hard for it. I don't know how long this is. Because what happens later in the night, you know what, baby. But, ugh. Yeah, it was so good. And they, what AEW's commentators do a really good job of is to talk about the history of matchups, talk about injury history, talk about. They mentioned this in the Miro Eddie Kingston match, the choke. Uh, I think Eddie Kingston's neck or whatever, something like that. I forget what exactly it was, but they prefaced it, not prefaced it, but they mentioned it. And I'm like, okay, I love it when commentary does address the history they talked about the escalera de muerte match for the triple a tag team titles at all out and oh my gosh nick jackson i think he was trying to be hulk hogan he was trying to be hulk hogan here with his facial hair because he had it dyed some of it black it was like the the goatee he had it dyed black and the rest of it was blonde or something it was something completely odd and looked absolutely ridiculous which I get that's what they're going for because they have the mutton chops on Kenny Omega. He has the Lemmy, as he liked to call it. Triple H had it at one time. But yeah, Nick Jackson had some wild facial hair, but it did not take away from what was a classic, classic match. And the thumbtack shoe came into play for the Young Bucks. The good storytelling. Penta getting in front of his brother, saving his brother from... Uh, destruction from the Bucks, and it ends up climaxing into a really good, really good finish. And uh, you just got to go out and see it. I, I can't even describe it for you because there was just so much great stuff in this that you just have to go out and watch it for yourself because it was so good. And these guys, there was one time where I think Ray Phoenix... Hopped, ran off the cage and did a, ended up into a uh, arm drag. He's unbelievable. Penta is so good as well. He doesn't get credited enough as a, as a part of that team because he is just solid. Ray Phoenix is maybe the more flashy one, but Penta, man, he is solid. And it was an emotional end as a dropkick double team takes Nick Jackson off the stage. Uh, there's a Hurricane Rana. Actually, never mind. That was my notes as I was like I was beginning the right notes for the match, and then I stopped, like I said earlier. So I just stopped. But the end of the match really came when Phoenix hit a crossbody off the top rope after knocking Nick Jackson off. It was onto Nick and Matt with Penta there too to catch him. It was like 20 feet up in the air. Ray Phoenix hits the crossbody they hit their combo finisher does ray and penta and they win the aew world tag team championships finally these guys were long overdue i think they i didn't think they were going to win it honestly i was surprised but it made me pop and honestly 
just go out and check this match out. Check this match out. Classic, classic, classic steel cage match. And it was a great moment after the match with Pinta and his family. It was wonderful. A plus. These guys cannot deliver a bad match. I don't know how it's even possible. I hope this doesn't end with the Bucks winning the tag team titles here relatively soon because I, I'm getting a, I'm getting this slight urge, slight feeling that uh, the Bucks are going to win the titles once again. Hope not, but you know what? It's fine. Uh, this is a great moment, and this match will live on for quite a while because this is one of the best matches I've seen of the year, period, point blank. This, meant, this went 22 minutes and 5 seconds. Great stuff. Lucha Bros, Penta El Cero Miedo, and Ray Phoenix win the AEW World Tag Team Championships, ending the Bucks' reign that started at uh, full gear back in November last year. So it was about a 10-month reign for the Young Bucks. Go out and check this match out. You will not regret it. Up next, we had the Casino Women's Battle Royale. And... Uh, a pretty good battle royal. It wasn't like anything blow away, but I, I enjoyed it as well as I can enjoy battle royals. It's not the my cup of tea typically. The only battle royal I really get into is like the Royal Rumble, but this was a pretty solid one. As and uh, Jay Cargill looked good, Nyla Rose looked good. Those two ended up eliminating each other at one point. But what the headline is coming out of this match is definitely going to be Ruby Soho being the Joker. But there was. One little bugaboo I had, a couple little bugaboos here I had with this match, and that was Riho and Sheeta getting eliminated pretty early. Those two are former AEW Women's World Champions, and they got eliminated completely early. It, that's kind of what I've been confused about is the booking of those two, especially Sheeta recently, because she was a champ, the world champ for over a year, and now she's kind of just fallen by the wayside, and she's only featured on Dark or Elevation. One of the two. I don't. I don't watch those typically, but, but uh, yeah. It just kind of baffles me with the booking of her. But this was a solid battle royal. Cargill looked good. Nyla Rose looked good. Uh, Ruby Soho ends up being the Joker. Thunder Rosa's in the final three with uh, Nyla Rose, Ruby Soho, and Thunder Rosa. And about after they eliminate, after Nyla Rose is eliminated, there's a two-minute fight on the apron where Soho pushes Rosa into the post, and she hits the kick and wins the thing. Ruby Soho, man, she got a huge pop when her music hit. The rancid music, the aptly named Ruby Soho song, Ruby Soho, and the fans gave her a good pop, and she you could just see the emotion. She was so happy and looked like she was right at home, and uh, it was cool to see her underutilized talent in WWE for sure. But now she is in AEW, and she is the number one contender for the AEW Women's World Championship. And while Thunder Rosa did lose this match, we kind of know the end game of this end game. Maybe the end game of Britt's uh, title reign could be Thunder Rosa. That's gonna be that's gonna be a match they're gonna save for later. As I've I've read somewhere, I don't remember where, but it, it seems like they're trying to save that match for later on. But Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker will definitely happen at some point or another again because those two had a classic unsanctioned lights-out match on Dynamite a while ago where both of them bled, <laughs> which is crazy, crazy to see. But uh, I'm going to give it a B-minus this Battle Royal. Not 
Battle Royals aren't my tep- cup of tea, but I think it accomplished what it needed to accomplish. Like, every single thing on this show did. But a uh, great moment. Ruby Soho wins. And uh, we'll see what happens with her and Britt Baker coming up here soon. Then we get MJF versus Chris Jericho. One second before that, though. The Ruby Soho win in the Battle Royal. It was a 22-minute match. Uh, MJF versus Chris Jericho was next. And if he loses, he will never wrestle in AEW again. And I thought this match had a good story. Man, the crowd was really into this. But one thing the crowd wasn't into or was completely confused about was the guitar uh, entrance for Chris Jericho. So they had Fozzie's guitar player come out and uh, play play uh, Judas, and fans could not get get in line. They couldn't they couldn't get with the music because they they they. I just guess they're so used to the lyrics being played on there that they couldn't follow the guitar. I don't know what it was, but it took them forever to even catch on, and it still didn't really catch on. It was kind of a miss there with that. But other than that, this match didn't miss. This match was really good, and the crowd was really, really into it. I thought this as this feud's kind of been dragging along, I think. It's kind of gone on for too long, but still, the fans got really into it. They did a great false dusty finish at the end of this when... Uh, MJF hits Jericho with Floyd and then hits a Judas effect on Jericho after Hager and Wardlow are fighting back to the back. And uh, MJF pins Jericho after the Judas effect, but Jericho gets his foot on the rope. I think at the literally, at the literal last second, he gets his foot on the rope. And uh, then... Jericho eventually wins the wall with the walls. MJF did a really good job selling. I didn't see the entirety of this match as I was in the bath. I had to go to the bathroom at some point during this four plus hour show, but I thought they did a good tease with Jericho losing, but they had Paul Turner come out, correct Aubrey, and they ended up restarting the match. MJF, terrific job of selling. Sorry, I coughed there. Is selling. Uh, MJF did a really good job of selling the back. Overall, for that match, I am going to give it a B plus, and I really think the crowd reaction in the Jericho MJF match elevated it from a B. But uh, definitely one of the better Jericho matches we've seen from him this year. Up next was the return, the return, the return of the best in the world, CM Punk taking on Darby Allen. Absolutely love the skateboard, face-off skateboard for Darby. And uh, this w- this was a WWE-style match, really, as the way it was worked. It was kind of it was kind of a slowly bring Punk back into the, the mix here. Punk was wearing uh, pants this time. He was wearing tights. It's kind of a different look. I think I can get used to it, but yeah, Punk was wearing tights. And uh, it was a deliberately paced, smartly paced match. Now everything has to be the same, like wild, fast pace. This was a good little change of pace, slow down, just like the Jericho one was. Good storytelling. And they worked deliberately, and then Punk got to hit his signature stuff at the right times. Darby didn't lose anything in defeat here. Uh, it was a really, really solid match. At one point, Darby gets GTS out of the ring. But after 
Darby was trying to go for a poison run at the end of the match. He hits a go to sleep in the middle of the ring and Punk gets the W. And I just thought it was a really solidly worked match. Good way to introduce CM Punk back into the fold. He'll get to that point where he can deliver bangers eventually. Seven years is a long time. He looked hella good for being gone for over seven and a half years. So you've got to give him a lot of credit for what he did going out there and having a really good match. Darby helped him as well. So you can't have a good match without a good dance partner. Darby's been a really good dance partner for everybody these past few years, and he didn't lose anything in losing to CM Punk, a wrestling legend. But uh, B-plus, I'm going to give this match. Definitely really good match as well. And uh, the only thing I could say about this match was that kind of the, re- the, the crowd fell in and out of it at some certain times. But we'll get there with Punk. We'll get there with Punk. I thought this was a good first match back for him. B-plus grade. After the match, Punk and Sting shake hands. And then he shows Darby respect, kind of helping him up, shaking hands. Darby loses nothing. And uh, we go move on to our semi-main event with Paul White taking on QT Marshall. This, while people are going to complain about this match, it made perfect sense where it was placed in the card. Because, just hear me out here. Before I get into that second, Punk and... uh, Punk went. Punk and Darby went 16 minutes 40 seconds. Jericho, MJF went 19 minutes and 30 seconds. Jericho and MJF had a brawl outside the ring during their match, but uh, yep, Jericho went 19 minutes 30. Punk and Allen went 16 minutes 40 seconds. This next match only went three minutes and 10 seconds. This served its purpose. This served as a bridge between the Allen Punk match. And the main event between Kenny Omega and Christian Cage. This had to this had to exist because you know why? Because the crowd would have been burnt would have been even more burnt out at this point. Because if you remember WrestleMania 18, Hogan, Hogan and Rock, that was the semi-main event. And nothing could follow it, but you had put the put Triple H and Chris Jericho after it, and it didn't work. It didn't work. So they did a good job of bridging between CM Punk and Darby Allen and Christian Cage and Kenny Omega with this Paul White QT Marshall match. It was nothing offensive. It was a squash as it should have been. QT gets pinned after a choke slam, and I, I this served its purpose perfectly. It didn't go too long, didn't overstay its welcome. Three minutes and ten seconds is definitely long enough for that match. And so we got a satisfying ending to the match. And who knows what QT does next? We'll see. But C-plus grade for me served its purpose, which led us into our main event of the evening. Christian Cage taking on Kenny Omega for the AEW World Championship. And these two just had a really good professional wrestling match. Really good professional wrestling match. They went 21 minutes and 20 seconds. Christian Cage got a two-count off a kill switch. Uh, Don Callis distracts the ref, gives Kenny an opening to hit a one-winged angel off the middle rope because Christian had him set up for the kill switch on the middle rope. So Callis comes up there, distracts the ref. It gives Kenny enough time to recover, hits the one-winged angel from the middle rope, and he retains the AEW World Championship. While this did lack drama because we kind of knew the result coming in, we didn't think Omega was going to lose the title. We all... 
are feeling like the end game is going to be Hangman Adam Page winning the AEW World Championship at All Out. It could be wrong. Things, circumstances do change, but yeah, there's some there's some pretty big stuff happening. Pretty big stuff happening, unless you've li been living under a rock the past 24 hours. Anyway, really good match from Omega and uh, Christian. The interference made sense. Could be getting a bit overdone at times, but still didn't take away from what was a really good match. Uh, B-plus grade from me for the Omega-Christian match for the AEW World Championship. Post-match, Kenny Omega says something along these lines. These guys, the only people that exist that can beat me are not here, already retired, or dead. And then the lights go out after the beatdown on Jurassic Express and company as uh, Christian Cage was getting beat down post-match by the Elite. And lights go out. And Adam Cole, Adam Cole, baby, shows up. Huge pop from the Chicago crowd. There was, people were just assuming Daniel Bryan was showing up that night on Sunday night. And I was thinking there was a possibility Adam Cole was. I didn't know if they were going to do both at the same time. I was certainly not going to bet on both showing up at the same time, same night. But it did lead to something. Well, Brian Danielson, his, his name is now. But Adam Cole shows up, and he teases not joining. He teases uh, helping out these uh, Jurassic, Express, Jurassic Express and Christian Cage. But no, he doesn't. He super kicks Jungle Boy, joins his elite brethren after he's been resurrected off of, after being killed off of being the elite four years ago. And uh, they share a kiss with the, the Bucks kiss him on each cheek and kisses on, uh, Omega kisses him on the top of the head, the back of the head. Adam Cole states that the elite are the most dominant wrestling faction, most dominant faction in professional wrestling history. And then you hear the beginning of the Flight of the Valkyries. It's Brian freaking Danielson showing up as well. Man, the hits just keep a coming. Huge pop for that. Ends up in a standoff between the Jurassic Express, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus, along with Christian Cage and Brian Danielson. And they're facing off against Cole the Bucks and Kenny Omega and Kenny Omega cowers out and leaves and it which ends up being Nick Jackson on an island by himself with Brian Danielson, the American Dragon. The first time wrestling in another company, first time appearing in another wrestling company in over a decade. He's been with WWE since like 2010. This is just unprecedented waters we're heading into, ladies and gentlemen. It's just fantastic stuff. He hits, he hits uh, Adam Cole, not Adam Cole, but Nick Jackson with the running knee. And that's kind of our close to the show for AEW All Out. And my goodness, what a show this was. My goodness. We got the Ruby Soho debut. We got Minoru Suzuki taking on John Moxley next week on Dynamite. We, yeah, we have Ruby Soho taking on Britt Baker. We have 
the a potential feud between the Elite and Daniel Bryan, Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, and Christian Cage. We have a potential feud for that. Oh my gosh, so many things are setting up here. So many things. Maybe a potential matchup with Kenny Omega at some point or another. Imagine that. Brian Danielson taking on Kenny Omega. Maybe Daniel Brian Danielson versus Adam Cole. Who knew that both of these debuts were going to happen this evening? Tony Khan is brilliant. Because no one saw it coming for both guys. I didn't. I certainly didn't. I thought they were holding off for the New York City one at the... At the uh, at Arthur Ashe Stadium. I thought they were going to hold off, like maybe Danielson for that. But no, they brought everybody out. And maybe there's another ace up Tony's sleeve, because I don't think he, he's got a lot of aces so far. And everything is hit so far. He is bringing stars into this company that can really help move the needle for him. People need to hold off, though. People need to really hold off on saying, oh, this is, this is going to be ratings competition for WWE. Let's see what happens here in the next weeks, the coming weeks. It, competition's there. I just don't know how big of competition it's going to be. It, it's going to be a hard monster to take down. It's going to take time. It's going to take a lot of time, I think. But with the star power they have right now in AEW, it's going to move the hardcore fan. Oh, if Adam Cole, like the NXT fans, I, I, have, I feel bad for NXT fans right now. I really do. Because they lost their biggest star. They lost the guy that moves the needle for them. Tony Khan said that was the guy they feared most during the supposed Monday Wednesday Night Wars. But he was the guy they feared most. And now he's on their team. What is going to happen with NXT's rating with this NXT reboot? Because Adam Cole's not going to be there. Who's going to be the ratings draw for NXT? I really don't. I'm really curious because Samoa Joe's the only major star they have on that show now. Johnny Gargano is, I think his star has kind of worn off a little bit. He's still a fantastic professional wrestler, but ever since his babyface run, he's kind of cooled off, I think, in my opinion. But we'll see how it rolls. But with the way they're going to portray NXT now as kind of a, they're trying to create their own stars and stay less focused on indie stuff, this could cause major problems for NXT. We'll see how this affects Monday Night Raw in the future. We'll see how this affects SmackDown, which it wouldn't affect SmackDown all that much because Rampage is on afterward. But we'll see how much it moves the needle for AEW moving forward. These are two big signings. These are two of the bigger indie names they've gotten. And people can knock it off with the WWE argument as it's the stupidest argument I've ever seen in my freaking life. Because you know these guys didn't just work for WWE. These guys both worked for Ring of Honor. Back in the day. Adam Cole worked in PWG. They all worked in independent companies. So you know you can shut up about the WWE on it. They're sorry signing too many WWE guys. Da, 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 da. WWE guys, if you look at WWE's roster like that, it's like Ring of Honor. They have a bunch of Ring of Honor guys. AJ Styles was a Ring of Honor guy. AJ Styles was a TNA guy. Samoa Joe was a TNA guy. Samoa Joe was a Ring of Honor guy as well. Kevin Owens was a Ring of Honor guy. Sami Zayn was a Ring of Honor guy. These guys all wrestled in PWG as well. Ricochet, he was a New Japan guy. He was a PWG guy. He was every guy. Kind of, he was every place kind of guy. So the argument of w, they need to stop signing WWE guys can just go away. And just enjoy professional wrestling for what it is. Instead of, oh, they're purging off of WWE. They just signed a bunch of WWE guys. 
knock it off, and enjoy professional wrestling because it is a very cool time we are in right now. This is unprecedented unprecedented waters we're in. We don't know who's going to show up when anymore. Really, we haven't had this kind of thing since the 1990s with WCW during the Monday Night Wars. You don't know who's going to show up. But AEW is doing it a lot smarter than WCW did. And wrestlers are happy in AEW. From what I've been hearing, wrestlers are really happy. They love the atmosphere there. It brought CM Punk back. A guy who hated wrestling, it seemed like. AEW is for professional wrestling. It's not sports entertainment. Sports entertainment is WWE. They don't even like professional word professional wrestling, really. Professional wrestling is in AEW, and that's this has given people a true alternative to WWE, and there are so many other th- things outside of WWE you can watch. If you like deathmatch wrestling, go check out GCW. I watched a show back in, I think, July or whatever, or August maybe. It was a really good show. Really entertaining show, two-night show. Deathmatch wrestling... If you like that stuff, go check that out. If you like little like delving a little bit of the wacky and still get really good professional wrestling, go check out Impact. Ring of Honor. They're starting to embrace their roots. Going back to the professional wrestling aspect of things with them. With Jonathan Gresham at Jonathan Gresham, he was holding the pure championship. Go check that. Go check out other professional wrestling. If you if you can, if you're not getting what you want with WWE, there's so much out there. There's so much out there to find. Maybe you'll find a guy that you used to watch and it's like, oh man, I used to watch this guy in New Japan. Oh now he's in AEW. Holy crap. Or man, I used to watch this guy in WWE. Whoa, now he's a big star in AEW. I used to watch this guy on in the Independents. Go check out wherever, whatever professional wrestling you want. Whatever you want in your professional wrestling, you have some niche there in the professional wrestling world. It exists for you anymore. Go find it. Go find it because it, it don't don't hate watch stuff. Just don't hate watch stuff because it, it because it'll bog you down mentally and kind of take away your love for professional wrestling. Just go out and find something you enjoy professional wrestling. This night on Sunday night with AEW All Out, man, it, it kept my, it just like energized me for professional wrestling. I love it. I look forward to every Wednesday. I look forward to every Friday to watch uh, Dynamite or Rampage. And really, I, I, overall for this show, grade-wise, I'm going to give this an A overall. Because you know what? This was so well laid out. And everything made sense. Pretty much. Other than little like nitpicks here and there. Everything made sense. It served its purpose perfectly. Perfectly. A grade. And it was the most one of the most well laid out shows I've ever seen top to bottom. And I can't ask for more from a professional wrestling pay-per-view. They had one fantastic match on the show. It didn't have like 800 classics, but it had one great match and so many good ones. So many good ones on this show. The best one being the classic steel cage match between the Young Bucks and the Lucha Bros. One of the best steel cage matches 
I've seen in quite some time. Go out of your way to check that one out for sure. The returns, man, just made me so happy. Seeing Adam Cole with his buddies in AEW, he's to be with his girlfriend now. Adam Cole, I think, is a better fit in AEW because he won't fit the Vince mold in WWE with the want they want big guys anymore. They don't like the small guys. AJ Styles is an exception. But uh, they got Danielson now, too, who was a WrestleMania main eventer this past year. Just think about that. Brian Danielson is all elite. And and he literally has he left WWE after main eventing WrestleMania this last year. And Ruby Soho show, showing up. Just seeing the happiness on these guys' fa- these guys and women's faces, it's it's just great to see. Great to see this show gets an A for me. It gets an A for me. AEW all out gets an A. This is the pay-per-view of the year. Period, point blank, bar, freaking none, no damn question about it. I, I'll be interested to see if anything can top this. But what a show, A grade. Check it out if you want. If you want to rewatch it, go. If you want to go buy it, it's worth the buy. It's worth the forty nine ninety nine you shell out. Go check it out. A grade for AEW All Out. And and I hope you enjoyed this pay per view review of AEW All Out two thousand and twenty one. And if you want to keep up with me, make sure to follow me on the social medias. Twitter at SigDaddyWrestle, TikTok the same, Facebook at SigDaddyWrestle as well, Instagram at SigDaddy.Wrestle. And if you like the show, make sure to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I greatly, I greatly appreciate it. Thank you all, all for listening. It's been 99 episodes so far, and I appreciate you all listening. If you've listened early on, or are just listening now, I really appreciate your support of the podcast. And with that being said, be ready for episode 100 next week. Next week. This is going to be crazy, man. 100 episodes of Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. Make sure to stay tuned. We'll uh, I'll keep you updated on the social medias about what the topic is going to be for episode 100. So until next time, this is Skyler, Sig Daddy Sigmund, signing off, thanking you all for listening, and so long, everybody.